here on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket, White Elephant Day. I hope you've enjoyed at least five minutes of this program. I know I didn't sink a whole lot of effort into it, mainly because I'm not capable of what you call effort. But I hope you got five minutes out of it. If you just got five minutes of enjoyment, I walk away a happy man. I'm going to walk into the closest bar I can find, and I will be drunk by 12.15 today. Then I will drunk dial a bunch of people that I have wronged, start apologizing before I cuss them out. It's kind of how my day is shaping up. One P1 asked me, hey, Gordon, where did you get all those Sears catalogs from your childhood? <laughs> I'll tell you, I got them on eBay. But they can get like up to 40 bucks. 40 bucks for something that they used to give you for free. Didn't they used to give them out for free? Or did you have to pay like three ninety five for the no. wish book? They, they used to send free. them to you, right? They sent them. You get them at the store. Yeah, they're all free. Hmm. Giorgio, you ever looked through an old wish book? No. What is that? <clears throat> you don't know what a wish book is? Mm-mm. Well, Giorgio, let me tell you. What at? A wish book is a catalog from Sears. Oh. Sears came out oh, with a okay. wish book every Christmas. That's what they called it, the wish book? Yeah, the yeah. Sears wish book. Well, yeah, I guess I looked through that then. I always called it the Sears catalog. Well, yeah, that's what most people call it. That's what I always called it, too, until I went online and tried to find one, and they were all called wish books. Put up that wish book. Put up that wish book and go get your dinner. <laughs> yeah, that was always really magical. And you, you think that I grew up privileged. I did not. You did grow up privileged. No, I really You didn't. grew up richer than anyone else here at the ticket. But my, I grew up the child of parents who survived the Depression. And we did not. Well, they survived it, and then they started doing really well. They did okay. They spit, the Rockefellers. They, 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 they survived they did okay, the, but I did, not, I did not live like that. Yeah, Tom I mean, makes a good point. What do you say? He's the Rockefellers survived the Depression just fine. <laughs> That's true. They weren't like the Rockefellers. And I, I told you, if there was that wish book to me used to be something I'd look through and look at the stuff that I wasn't going to get. You just looked through the wish book, and you said, I have all this. No, you I didn't did. have any of it. Including, I told you, I, I never got electric football. My dad thought that was the craziest waste of money. He did not want to spend anything, um, you know, spend something on on something that thought it was a waste of money. And he thought that was a waste of money and time. Anything and, in the wish book was a waste of money and pretty time? Pretty much, yeah. Except the bike. And I didn't get the good bike. I always got, I didn't get the Schwinn. I didn't get a Schwinn either. I got, got the Huffy. Huffy. That's what I got. See, well, I, I did you, too. You ought to see my Huffy now, Giorgio. I spent Check another out. another three hours on it last night. Yeah, uh, overhauling the rear hub. Mm-hmm. Things running pretty good now, mind you. This was a hand me down from my brother. I think my brother got it in seventy five or seventy eight. I can't believe you still have. And it. then I had it from second grade through sixth grade till I get my ten speed. Meanwhile, think of how old this bike is now, right? And it has never been serviced. I'm giving it the first overhaul it's ever been. You know, you're supposed to take a bike in at least, you know, once every two years, preferably once every year, mm-hmm. to get the whole thing, get the bearings greased and overhauled, all that stuff. We never did it ever. And I, I'm, no, I never did that as a kid. I swear to you and to Jesus and whoever else you got standing back behind you. That, I always have Jesus behind me. The, that, uh, What's he doing? That I rode that thing at least 40,000 miles. 40,000 miles on a single speed, coast to break. You think so? Yes. Yes. I can't believe you still have that. Mine's in some... But when did I scrap it? I think I... I think we just gave it away when I got my 10-speed, also well, a, a Huffy. 
That's the thing. It's like the all, all this stuff at some point became not valuable to me. But fortunately, my parents are hoarders. Uh, I think they're... Is their episode running again? Tom, check on that. <laughs> but... Uh, your mother. But your mother will not throw anything away. Actually, it's the opposite. She complains about his hoarding. And dad does... You know, dad grew up poor. Or Dad grew up poor, and so everything was very valuable and very precious. Right. And you didn't get rid of something just because one thing was broken on it. Well, so it's like I, we have too. an attic full of coffee makers. We have a stack of bald tires. What's he going to do with them? I don't know. He just he, you paid good money for something. You're not going to throw it away. So, uh, but now I've come back around to this stuff that I had as a child is valuable to me again. I let a couple bikes go. I had a Huffy Arrowwind. That was my twelve speed that I got in sixth grade that displaced the Huffy. Now that was the, the Huffy Thunder Road. The Arrowwind? Yeah. No, this was a road bike. See, that's another thing that made my 10-speed cheap. It had fenders on it. Don't it had think fenders I on yes. a 10-speed? So it's I don't like think a commuter I bike. I the shorts for that at school. <laughs> did fenders on your 10-speed? Jeff. Nordstrom? Jeff, yeah, yes. Nordstrom. Did he give you hell over that? Of course he did. He gave me hell about everything. So I've rehabbed my Huffy. I'm going to ride it up here. All right. I'm going to see it. You're going to love it. I'll get on it, too. And You're going to be tires. jealous. You're going to be so jealous. What was I talking about? Okay, know. hey, did you hear us talking about the, the propeller uh, story? The girl who walked into the propeller? I heard the that? tail end of it, and there were comments in the paper, on the uh, website. On those websites. The comments are unbelievable. That. that poor girl. So Steve emails, and he says, Gordon, geez, you ought to go online and read the ABC News site. 20,000 comments, and 15,000 of them are jokes and wonderment as to how she walked into a spinning propeller. Meanwhile, it's nighttime. Yeah. Anyone could do that. Yeah. Could have been your sister or daughter. Yeah, do you think if it was your sister or daughter, would you be enjoying the 15,000 jokes? No. 15,000? No. How can people come up with 15,000 jokes? Anyway. Well, you probably could have come up with five on Muse in the News. Now, see? <laughs> I did this story, Muse in the News, and how many jokes did I make? I don't think you made any. I think Thank we're you. all very respectful of the story. Thank all you. All right, hey, we got a big show. All right, tell me what you got. We've got uh, Danny, Rines, myself, Donovan doing the noon to three. Mm -hmm. The Hardline once played the game of your favorite five songs of all time. By the way, you got Hitler hair today. What's going yeah, on with what you? What do you mean Hitler hair? Look at look at Tom. Is this Hitler hair? Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah, big time. That is unbelievable. i got to yeah. get a haircut. But anyway... Hitler top always had songs. that hair falling down his face like Top shimp. five songs of all time. Christmas We're songs? play that. Uh, no, song songs. Okay. And I saw a movie last night in honor of Rhines, one that he's been promoting heavily. We're going to unveil that. Human and Centipede? Today is December 7th. I stopped by a college campus. How aware are today's students of what or December 7th means? Ooh, delicious. Because my hey. theory is 60 years from now... Kids at college campuses may not know what September 11th is. I submit to you that here, 70 years later, that you go to a college campus, more kids are going to know that it's White Elephant Day than know that this is Pearl Harbor Day. <laughs> we also tested some ticket awareness, too, uh -oh. at an area college. Uh-oh. that's Maybe we did well. That's kind of dicey. Yeah. Maybe that's we did well. But we got to go because we Sounds got like a lot pretty of good stuff. little show. Okay, pretty that's Giorgio. Show. He and Rhines and uh, Donovan coming up next. Here on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. Have a happy White Elephant Day, everybody. The Unticket.
Yeah. Yeah. Computer generated. Migs. Still computer generated. Queer. Paul in uh, what? It is in the right key. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Twelve fourteen is our time. It is White Elephant Day here on the Little Ticket. This is the noon to three segment of the broadcast day. I would be Mike Reiner. And I'm joined for the next three hours by George Dunham. Yeah. Part of that Dunham and Miller morning program. Mm hmm. There's a song. Mm hmm. Yeah. Howdy, Rhines. Hi, George. How are you? Happy White Elephant Day to you. Happy White Elephant Day to thee as well. We had a good meal together. Yes, good we did. Pre production meeting. Right. We we're all bonded and everything. <laughs> yes. and we've got good topics. Right. Got our head right with it all, and we're ready to roll. We've man. done a lot of pre production work. Yes. This is going to be fun. Clearly. <laughs> What's that song? It's so insane. <laughs> So old. <laughs> that is what he submitted for the Dunham Miller theme song. And he was wrong, too. Wasn't he, he sure was. Who beat me? Was it Anthony Smirk check? No, it was no. Uh, Lord Byron. Lord Roger. Byron. Oh, yes, yeah. the great Lord Byron. Powerizing the competition. Tigerizing, Tigerizing the, comp- the competition. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that. when you were eliminated, I want you to know. Yes. When you were eliminated, I called in and voiced protest. I, yes, I remember. This. He I was did, upset about I it. I came on the air and defended you. I said you were wronged by Dunham and Miller. <laughs> Burps. <laughs> you imagine having to listen to this every day for 15 years. I want to bring back See, when we played this at 8. Uh, that was the reason they didn't choose it. Yeah, because it was a beat them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What about the k- crazy kazoo and that ended up being Junior's theme? Yeah, no, that was Anthony Smirk. Yeah, this is Anthony so Smirk awesome, though. Here, yeah. <laughs> Dunham and Miller Show, Sports Talk Radio. Uh, see, I, I thought both of those yes. their show very well. Because they're insane. See, we thought this one would drive us crazy. Oh, God. <laughs> it's the perfect Miller theme, though. Yeah. All right, so there is Black Dan Panther. Donovan, the great Donovan, is with us, too. Mm-hmm. That's right. Hey, boys, what's up? It's so cold in the D, man. I know. <laughs> and you were partying last night, too, weren't you? Big time. Kanye and We've got to talk about this later. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. I want to hear you what it was like. I should have gone. I've never ch- seen this. I had to change my pants like four mm-hmm. different times. I got so excited. Did you? No, the other way. Did you get your front. drank on? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I had a pre uh, purple pre concert drink. No, 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 <laughs> no purple drink. Henny? No, no scissor. No henny. No. Why are you guys being so stereotypical? Maybe I had a nice chardonnay. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe take the henny. So, so much henny. Yeah, we'll take the henny. <laughs> so, did you get a lot of ticket recognition over there, or 
Were there too many people there who think you sell out to white by doing this? <laughs> you know what? Actually, Let's one brother, it. as I'm I'm walking out of the bathroom, said, "Hey, Don over there, listen every day." And I said, "I appreciate that, man. Now shake this for me, so I can get out and get back to the concert." <laughs> Uh, wow. No, I didn't. He was very nice. He said he listens every day, and that's the only person that said anything. Mm-hmm. It's good. You know, I like to go incognito every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the helm, oh, no. look at this, George. Hey, George. Oh, Here boy, just shoopy. to terrorize you today. It's a little shoopy. <laughs> he did with that open. Yes. Computer-generated flatulence and everything. That's Spent right. a lot of time on that. He didn't appreciate that shoot. I mean, George, right. George Springs for your took you fifteen dollar lunch. lunch. Yes, yeah. How about that? Then I apologize to George in advance. To him. Down at a restaurant that we didn't even know had moved. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan says it moved three months ago. Yeah, I had no idea. I thought everybody was on this. You're speaking about the Herreras yes, on Maple. Herreras yes. on Maple. At that stellar location. Oh, that that that. Stalwart location that they've had for years and years. How long has that been there? That first location that was there like in the seventies, sixties. Yeah, long? That, that was in the late seventies and eighties. I want to say, but before that, one of those little bars across the way that has about three tables in it. Mm-hmm. That was the original Herrera's. Okay, it, it was like across the way, and then they had one over on Lemon by Oaklawn, kind of where Tower, the greatness yeah. of Tower Records, used to be. They had one there for a long time. Then they got this one going, so that would have been like in the early 80s, I guess. I think if you go to the place that has the number for the entree, it's a good place. Yeah. Especially when it comes to Mexican food. Yes. Well, yeah, Mexican food. I don't know how that Seven. applies to other places, but if you have a Mexican food place and there's a number that goes along with the, the entree, it's a good place. All right, now what about Five. every entree that's Spicy got salsa. a name? That's a good one, too. Yeah, you can go somewhere like the Juarez platter. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm. Ricky's tacos, or the Azteca. Yeah, or the Steve. The Saltillo. Steve. Oh well, no, no, not like <laughs> Brad. All right, see, I'll have the Brad. Eddie, <laughs> do you like websites? <laughs> oh boy, three hours of this. Yes, three hours three. of this. Moist and flavorful brisket. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been looking forward to this, Ryan's so much so working with you that I saw a movie in your honor last night. And what would that be? It's mouth-watering melons. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one. No, it's one that you doing is show it off for that's you. That's okay. We, we don't you keep normally get trying to make up for the open. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. You keep showing off there, Shoopy. <laughs> no, it's one that you've been promoting now for months. I did not see it when it was out in the theater. Mm-hmm. But I rented it last night. My wife had seen it. She she thought it was funny, too. Right. It's the movie that you promoted as a game changer, Bridesmaids. Yes. You were right. <laughs> funny. Man. That, well, uh, now, Black that, Dan has seen that this, too. Love it. That Melissa McCarthy is about the funniest thing I've seen she in a movie. She takes it, doesn't she? And I don't she? know how long. I mean, all the funny stuff that's going on in that movie, and she yes. takes it. I mean, Kristen Wiig was funny. Yes. I mean, all the characters were funny. Right. By Rudolph, funny. Yeah. But that Melissa McCarthy, I've never seen her before. I guess she's got a she's on a show now. Yeah, she's, on a, she's got well. a TV show. Mike and Mike Molly. And Melissa Mike and Molly. Or something. And that's good? Mm-hmm. No, no, I've never seen it. No one watches it. Is that but. the same chick? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, she gal? looks a thousand times better than Mike and I mean, she, you know, she's still, you know, dragging some wagon, but 
Damn, she looks. What's wrong with that? I didn't even recognize her. Is that such a bad thing? Not for Donovan. Who are you talking to, Holmes? Have you seen my wife? Good gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He's right. You're going to get in trouble. Whoa! Man, she is sitting on something special back there. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, if you have not seen Bridesmaids Rent It, funny, I know most of America has probably seen it because it was a movie that did pretty well. Golly, that's uh, that, that is a funny, yes, funny it really movie. is. It is, and it's he, kind of. I guess it's kind of a chick flick because it it deals with the women getting ready for a mm-hmm. a wedding. But and it's all kind girls of a, like that. Yeah. They're not afraid to go scat on you either, are they? No. Wow the the dress scene. <laughs> yes, yes, they're the trying on scene. bridesmaids' dresses. <laughs> the ultimate give up on Maya Rudolph, where she just acquiesces in the middle of the in road the and street. says, "This is this is happening right now." And there is nothing I can do to stop street. it. Yes, but um, see, that's a genius move, though, because you put both kinds of humor in there that they appreciate. You know, something going slightly wrong and getting ready for a wedding—that's got the girl in. Mm-hmm. And then put in some bathroom humor there for the guy. And yes, you've got it. You that's right. It's can't run. miss. It's can't miss. <laughs> <laughs> and and just the subtle things about that dress scene—just how bad they all look, and they're starting to sweat, and their makeup's running from that food. <laughs> What are they, they like Cuban food? Or? Well, I don't know. I but those, it was Indian. Uh, those things on the skewers look terrible, though. <laughs> was it Indian shit? I think it was Indian. Indian food. Really spicy Indian. Man, that was funny. <sighs> All right, well, I think that might be the real lesson to be taken away from this, girls. What, don't eat Indian food? If you're about to go try on bridesmaids' dresses. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat Indian food. <laughs> I don't know if you should ever eat that. That, always, that stays with everyone. I mean, how do you eat that well, and not you have a get problem with the, So you have a problem with the Indian, huh? Their food. <laughs> Their food. Well, that sounds like more of a blanket indictment to me. <laughs> no, I have no problem with the Indian. You're right. You like it. But that food, and plus it uh, it stays you in around, your house. Do you find for... yourself slightly aroused by the attractive Indian woman? Well, sure. <laughs> not as much as Gordo. Gordo loves the Indian woman. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you on this. I love the Indian woman, but now, I've never seen one naked. Does that change? Yeah, things? you have. Is there when discoloration when we, when issues? Have we, when have we seen one naked? Oh, I'm sure he's seen it on one of those boinky websites he looks at. What are those? <laughs> you know. But if that happens, I don't know. I've never it, seen one naked either. So that that could change things. If you're an Indian chick and you want to show me stuff. Right. Don't. Don't. You want to show right. me the uh, 3,500 maple? The if deli would, meat. If you would like to what? answer what? this question for us <laughs> and treat us to a little Indian pressed ham, then... Oh, Wait. man. <laughs> Have you seen Bridesmaids? It's food. I've yeah. not seen it's it. Sandwich. Man, you need to watch that. It is funny. Pressed ham? <laughs> what is that? No, that, we that had McCarthy Mexican, show anything? We had Mexican food for lunch. We didn't have ham. Mm. Yeah, I've never... Have you ever had an Indian? Mike? No. No I Indian? I don't think I've ever had anything but Whitey. George? Nuh-uh. You had I mean, Indian? Had. You know what, what I'm talking about. What are you talking about? You know. No, I've never gone I mean, out with well, an Indian this, woman, this, no. What is this had you speak of? I don't know what had Come means. On, I've George, never gone out with you an ever Indian woman. Laid on oh. top of an Indian girl and no. done the caterpillar. No. Look, scream and vomit on. Her. I have to deal with you every day, okay? I shouldn't have to. I got to deal with Shoopy today. I shouldn't have to deal with you. Well, okay. So you're on record saying That's that you're not attracted to an Indian. Punch, I didn't it? say that. I just said I haven't. Haven't what? 
<laughs> what you said. Laid on top of her and on the caterpillar while vomiting and screaming. Listen to, listen to them in there. They think this is funny. <laughs> Just come in tomorrow from 530 to 10. You'll get plenty of that. <laughs> to me, I don't want to go through it today. Is that the only way that you will do that? To, that you'll make to save love? you from it. I know. Is that like just like the George Dunham signature way? <laughs> no. <laughs> what were you under? We were having a good segment. We were having a good segment. We haven't done this in uh, nearly 17 years, but... Um, kind of look like a walrus trying I to get across a beach. I think it's time to go Mike off. Oh. Mike and off. If not that, it's certainly time for a uh, break. Well, we don't do that. We do do tickers on the ticket. Let's get another Donovan ticker going. How about that? All right, let's do that. It's 1220. The unticket. 1235 this afternoon. Oh, we would like for you to listen all day today to the little ticket. It's White Elephant Day. We do it once a year where we shake things up and all kinds of crazy things happen there. Crazy tandems, crazy chemistry. Have we ever done this together on White Elephant Day before? I think we've worked together, yes. Yes, I know we have. Okay. I was thinking about that last night. and Maybe once. Wasn't sure. I mean, we've been doing this seven years, so they all surely just together, about right? everybody's yeah. worked with everybody else. I want to get Gordo's shift one of these days. Seems like he always gets the 10 to noon. That's the good one. Yeah. That's the one you want to attend. Mm-hmm. It's like the after party in the two-party system. Mm-hmm. A few years ago on our watch, we played a little game that George told me last night he wanted to play. So we're going to play that game today. And that is, what are your five favorite songs of all time? One of my favorite segments ever on the hard line. I thought it was really interesting because I think it says something about not only your musical taste, but just, I don't know, without being too corny, it does kind of reveal kind of who you are and what you like. I thought it was a really good segment. It, it was a long time ago. Yeah, when it was guys a long time that. ago when we did it. Yeah. It was with the hammer. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember him. I remember the hammer. Barely. <laughs> what did he do? He worked with you Come for about 15 now. years, Mike. It was a good segment, yeah, and I've been uh, and I've been telling Mike for years. Hey, I want to uh, I want to submit my five songs. Really? But you brought up something last night that is interesting. I think I've pretty much kept mine the same since when I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. But it is something that I think can evolve. Oh and, yeah, and you like oh, yeah. your five today may be different than the five you threw out before. I believe I have one that's still today in there? That, that still mm-hmm. made the cut because see, I realized last night. As I was trying to put this together, that I can't do this. I cannot pick out my five favorite it's songs hard. of all time. It's hard. I have to narrow it down to my five favorite, uh, I don't know, Bob Dylan songs, five favorite Bruce songs, whatever the case may be. And I'll tell you something else. Of the five that I picked, there is one that people are actually going well, no, maybe that may not even be the case. Most of them you're not going to know. I'd most say most of them you won't know, and know. most of them have not been heard in a real, real long time. And and I went on the criteria of okay, if these are mine, then what are the most significant songs in my lifetime? What what mean the most to me when I hear them? That that song that takes you back to a certain 
time of your life may have been a bad time, may have been a good time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it also, um, heck, in, in a couple of these, it helped me get through a time mm-hmm. that was so significant. Or it, it, it impacted me to the point where I never looked at music the same after I heard that song. So that's, that's the criteria I went by. All right, I could have gone that way, too. Because there are certainly songs that have have impacted me in all of those ways. We've discussed some of those before here on the show. But I went with songs that whenever they come up, and on those rare occasions when I hear them, when I'm somewhere, you know, like on the iPod or something, when they Mm -hmm. come up, about halfway through, I stop them and start them over. Yeah? Just because I want it to... You don't want it to end. Yeah. I want it to last a little while longer. The best way to do that is to just start it over. Just like I you did do... back on that record player how many ever years ago. Man, I want to hear that again. Right. Right. Exactly. So that is the cri- that's part of the criteria I used. I figured about the best way to arrive at this was to take some of my some of the acts that Either I'm listening to a lot right now or have a particular interest for me right now or, I don't know, some other time and and find what I think might be my favorite songs by them. Mm -hmm. And another thing I did, another criteria I used was I stayed away from petting for the simple reason that I'm a little bit too close to that stuff right now. But there may be a petty song, though, that maybe you should have in your top five because it's the one that, you know... Turned you around on him. Could turned be. Turned you on to him. Could be, but chances are I'm, I've done that song enough to, enough to the point to where... It just, it's not the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I might not think as much of it as I once did. So, right. Well, first... Yeah, but I need the mama bear. Oh, okay. It's, <laughs> it's a cord. A, oh, yeah, that's what you yeah. call that thing. Yeah. Okay, this is from an artist that I bet Danny's heard of. Groobs, I doubt, has. I know Donovan hasn't. Uh, Ryan's, I think you may have heard of her. Mm-hmm. She used to be a um, a backup singer and co-writer with Radney Foster. And you remember the song... Um, no, I've forgotten it. Uh, what the heck's it called? What was his big hit? Uh, you uh, Shook Me All Night Long. No, you know Radney Foster. Um, you don't know who Radney not, Foster not really. is? I mean, I know the name, but I, I couldn't tell you anything that I he's know done. him from Foster and Lloyd. Uh Yeah. Yeah, and he he's great. He is a great writer, and he had this female voice that was backing him up. Nobody wins. Remember that song? Nobody wins. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, she co-wrote that, and then she went out on her own in the in the nineties. Her name is Kim Ritchie. You heard of Kim? Yes. She has, in my opinion, the most beautiful voice I'd ever heard. And you talk about a time. This is right after my dad had a heart attack, and my brothers had come down. You know, we're worried about. He was about to go in for surgery, and we're worried about him. And we watched Austin City Limits, and we saw this Kim Ritchie, and we saw this song, and I just thought, that's the most beautiful song I've ever heard. And the whole time, during my parents' illness and eventual death, seriously, the music of Kim Ritchie helped get me through it. Um, Because my dad was, you know, he was big into music, and he didn't really like my music necessarily, and, 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 and identified it all as Beatles stuff. Or jungle music, <laughs> uh, a racket of a trash can, um, and I never really got to to play Kim Ritchie for him. I think mm-hmm. he would have liked Kim Ritchie, and this song "Don't Let Me Down Easy" was the first song I ever heard her do, and uh, I love it. It's my top five, maybe my favorite song of all time, maybe.
To me, that's heaven on earth right there, that voice. That just speaks to me. And it's very subjective. Music means different things. Mm -hmm. Someone may be hearing this and go, God, that's slow-moving, generic sounding. But to me, that just it went right to my soul and has been ever since I heard it 13 years ago. Anyway, check out her work. singing with herself there? Uh, yeah, I think that second harmony part is her. Yeah. Awesome. So there nice. you go. Kim Ritchie. All right. For me, in these 60s, it was real hard for the white youth of America back then to that wanted to rock anyway, <laughs> mm-hmm. as I did, to get your head around Bob Dylan. He presented a problem because <laughs> he looked funny. Sounded funny. He sounded funny. He wasn't a really good singer as... The term was thought of back then, and he was, he, you know, for a while didn't have a band with him or anything. He was, they told us he was a folky, mm-hmm. you know, okay, then why are we listening to this? Mm-hmm. Why, why are the, they playing him on the radio if he's a folky? Yeah. I don't want to hear a folky. I want to, I want to rock, man. Mm-hmm. I want some psychedelia and stuff like that. And yet he had enough. Uh, lyrics and and great melodies that drew you in. Well, not for a long time, but there was this one song that they would play on K News underground radio every now and then, where I had to position the radio. What frequency? At, it was ninety eight point seven. At just such a place in the house, and then you had to position the dial just right. And then it might barely come in. And if you wandered six feet away from the radio, you weren't going to be able to hear it. But I was. Kind of like our signal. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I was more than willing to do that to hear Fresh Garbage by Spirit, Your Head is Reeling by Ultimate Spinach. Ultimate think, Spinach? Yes. That sounds so made up. And I yeah, feel like Ultimate I'm spinach. fixing to die rag by Country Joe and the Fish. And then one day, what a weird time. One day, this came along. This was Bob Dylan. These lyrics just There's drew me in. Postcards of the hanging. They're painting the passports brown. The beauty parlor is filled with sailors. The circus is in town. Here comes the blind commissioner They've got him in a trance One hand is tied to the tightrope walker The other is in his pants And the riot squad, they're restless They need somewhere to go There's Lady and I Look out tonight from Desolation Road. They played this on Canis? They did. What was the year? This, this, came this would have been 66, so 66, 
67, somewhere around there. It's on the Highway 61 Revisited album. Mm-hmm. It goes on and on like this. For ten and a half minutes. Yes, for another, for another ten minutes. It goes on and on like this. This is really all there is to it. There are no drums that are going to come in. There's a little bit of harp in there. Yep. But as far as instrumentation, it is. Acoustic guitar and upright bass. Yes, this is all you get. Awesome lyrics. Yeah, just an amazing song. Incredible lyrics. I mean, it, it's still just, it, it, it still titillates me to this day. I don't know that. I can tell you one thing about what it means. <laughs> I don't know that it really moves me or puts me in any particular place, but it just—it's just like a feather tickling my ass when I listen to this song. <laughs> Does it make you want to stop the war or anything? No, it doesn't really want make me want to do that. It's just so lyrically divine that that it just sends me up. Yeah, I get excited about it right now. All right, got another. Anybody? Do them next. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. More next. The Unticket. <laughs> awesome blicker. <laughs> Donnie, want to just keep doing tickers? He's good at Hell it. Hell no. I'm out. You're gone. Finito. You're kaput. Man, you're the best. I got nothing. Man. No, no. I had nothing. 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 Who's doing them in the next hour? You. You are. Oh, no. You got a ticker here in 15 minutes. How Donnie, am I going to prepare for this and do my five top songs of all time? Donnie convinced what. me to buy some bust them naps, <laughs> and I'm white. You could. <laughs> if we don't get to all of your songs here, you just give us your like your fifth song there in the ticker. All right, maybe, maybe I can, can do, do that. that for your sports news. <laughs> maybe just, I can do that. I'm just mad we missed the Mr. Phil ticker. He did that earlier. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> oh, no. We had a Mr. Phil ticker? Yes. Can't do it oh, again. No. Can't do it again. Why I heard not? the upper decker. You want to go, Donovan? <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Hey. All right, who's next? Who's got, hey, another, who's hey. got a two? Well, I see how this is going. Um, there is... One artist that's probably impacted me the most over the last four or five years, and it's somebody that I discovered way late in the game. Um, and I, there's a, there's an interesting story. Everybody remembers Glenda from North Dallas, correct? Mm-hmm. She had known that I had started listening to this this guy, and she asked me for like a primer. Well, she passed away a few years ago, uh, probably what about three and a half years ago, mm-hmm. and we all went to her funeral. And when she was alive, she asked me for a kind of a prime word. You know, so I get that all the time. It's like, yeah, I heard you guys talking about this. We're, or give me a good, what's the first good Wilco record or Bob Dylan record to get? I'm just starting to get into him. So I gave her some songs to listen to. And she, you know, told me how much she liked this guy. When we went to, when she passed away, and Ryan, you were there, we went to her funeral. There was a song that was played at her funeral. And her son, um, after the funeral, came up to me and said, you know, we didn't know what to play at her funeral, but this song was the most played song on her iPod, and he made sure to tell me that because it was by this artist that I felt like I had helped turn her on to, mm-hmm. and that artist is Towns Van Zant. Songwriter has been around for years. He passed away in '97, but obviously famous for Poncho and Lefty. That was his biggest hit, and If I Needed You by Don Williams and Amy Lou Harris. But this is the song that played at Glenda's funeral. And I think this is just a beautiful tune, George. I think you'll definitely like it. All right. It's called None But the Rain. We had a day, but now it's over. 
We had our song, now it's sung. We had our stroll through summer's clover, but summer's gone now. I've heard that before. That's beautiful. He's an unbelievable songwriter. Yeah, incredible. But it was so fitting that that's that was the song that she most listened to, and the finality of it, and basically it's a, it's a song about something coming to an end, and that was yeah. played at her funeral. Wasn't a dry eye in the place. Yeah, that's a beautiful song. Gorgeous. All right, here's a pick me up, because we've had some like uh, real deep and meaningful stuff here. This is one of those songs. This is one of my first favorite songs. Is this for those about to rock? We salute you. No, oh. it, it's a fun song, though, even though I guess it's dealing with kind of a serious subject. But it takes me back to when I was like five years old. This is one of my first favorite songs. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> about the George, have a drink on me. Hey, I used to listen to a lot of ACDC in high school and even thought about some ACDC to put on here. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, this is back when I was like uh, five, six years old or so. My brothers and sisters were a lot older. But this song reminds me of being uh, at my house with my brothers and sisters and about to you know go to the lake or something like that and it was one of my first favorite songs i told you a couple weeks ago truck driving man by jim and jesse took me back to my day this song also does donovan will appreciate this we'll go some motown here (laughs) Uh uh-oh remember the greatness of frida Payne? sure 1970 and band of gold yes a little band of gold yes we got it what the fudge oh here we go i thought you were really gonna say it (laughs) i did too Play the mama bear. It scared me. George. Here we go, here we go. Okay. Oh, yeah, now now we've got some swing going. See, Gordo says that overrated Dancing Queen is a feel-good song. Even though I think this is kind yeah. of about a sad subject about her wedding night not going really well. Mm-hmm. How could you listen to this song and just not go, wow? That doesn't liberate wow. you a little bit just listening to this? Yeah, even Emmett says it. Wow. Makes me want to shake my butt. <laughs> Did you like this song back in the day? Oh, yeah, sure. I still do. Yeah. You down with this one, Donovan? Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Yeah. yeah. She's the older sister of a Supreme. Sherry, she is? Sherry Payne yeah. was a Supreme. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know that much about Frida. Now, yeah, there you go. Frida Payne, Band of Gold, 1970. All right. Made it to number one, I do believe. <laughs> um, Let's see. I went down the lyrics path of songs with great lyrics because I like songs that have great lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, That's one of the reasons why I'm a big Steely Dan fan. And this made my top list before when we did it. And I was going through the massive Steely Dan catalog. And while I can come up easily with some that approach this, there is something about this that makes it really almost the total all-encompassing ultimate Steely Dan song. The only thing that's missing is a really badass Kid Charlemagne, King of the World type guitar solo. Mm-hmm. This has uh, none of those. This instead, this has the saxophone work of Phil Woods, and it is said that this is the only thing that Steely Dan ever had recorded by somebody where they kept the first take. 
Wow. Hmm. They were notorious for being in the studio. Take masters. Right. And bringing in all these high-dollar studio musicians and having them do stuff over and over again to the point to where these guys, after a while, were going, Man, what do you want? What Mm -hmm. am I not getting here? (laughs) And there were a lot of guys back in the day that would not work. They reached a point where they just wouldn't do sessions with them anymore. Just too big a beating. Yeah, because they would go down, go in there, they would lay down something great. It sounds like a cat show meeting. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nothing was ever good enough. But this, according to the, the word, the sax solo on this song was kept after one take. So here it is. This encompasses everything Steely Dan is about for me. The greatness of Dr. Wu. Great song. Is? No. No, but it doesn't matter. All night long, we would sing that stupid song. And every word we sang, I knew was true. That song's awesome. Are you with me, This was done right as they were transitioning from becoming a real band to Donald and Walter and whoever they surrounded themselves with at the time. You have Jeff Picaro and Toto on drums on this. Michael McDonald's back there somewhere. The great Michael Who's McDonald's. Who's bassing? Um, Is that the guy from here? It might be. It might be Chuck Rainey. Yep. I'm not sure. Chuck Rainey is a badass. Yeah. All right. Anyway, like there's that. I like it a lot. My youngest is playing the saxophone now. I've been playing him some Steely Dan. Well, play him this solo. Because, yeah, he needs to learn that one. That's a good right, one. Right, because this is the one that they kept after one, one take. take. Right. I don't think he can play that yet. Or this? No. Give him Coltrane's first record. Yeah. That'll be fun. Get started on that. It's insane. <laughs> what the heck is that? <laughs> That's a good. All right. Who's up next? Uh, I'll do one. Okay. Greatest, in my opinion, greatest country singer of all time, singing a song written by one of the greatest country writers all the time. This was a record that I grew up with. It's from the Merle Haggard, Okie from Muskogee live album. And this song, to me, is one of the saddest songs ever. It's called Hobo Bill's Last Ride. Riding on an eastbound freight train Speeding through the night Hobo Bill, the railroad bound Was fighting for his life The sadness of his eyes revealed The torture of his soul He raised a weak and weary hand to brush away the cold. Here 
That is a sad song. It's beautiful. It's so sad. I remember being a little boy listening to that damn song and just crying because in the end, Hobo Bill dies Does in a boxcar. Well, yes. you figured he was so headed sad. that way. I know. Some spare on a railroad car <laughs> going around the country. And poor health. <laughs> He's got the, the tuberculosis. Right. I guess i got to go get ready for that ticket ticker. Yeah, huh? go get ready for the ticket ticker. All right, ticker, you got Ryan's. one next. And all right. The ticket ticker will consist of my next one. How about that? Okay. We can just do this all day for all I care. All right, yeah, that would be fine. Uh, <laughs> um, next here on the ticket, I guess, right? Well, I was going to do one before the ticket. Okay, all right, go ahead. Go all ahead. Right, just a real quick one. I had to get a U2 one in here because they are, I guess, my favorite band of all time, throwing Beatles or a few others. This is the song that turned me on to U2 back in the early 80s. It's off the Boy album, Another mm-hmm. Time, Another Place. This guitar part to me by the edge just totally hooked me. And Yeah, this is it. This one didn't get much airplay. But it was different. I never heard anything like this before. Like that bass, Danny? Yeah, I do like that dude. Great to have mm-hmm. He likes the newbie and queen as well. Oh, yeah. Like me and Mike. So this is what got you into yeah. YouTube. This is when they were good. This album is still my favorite. And all the YouTube fans that I or friends go, "Boy's your favorite album?" Yes, that was my that was my first love. Was Boy? Oh, um, but yeah, that was that was what turned me on to this group. And this song, uh, I will follow all the stuff from. Uh, from Boy was just incredible to me. Back this when they were band? a band and not a corporation. This was uh, this is their first album in eighty or seventy nine yeah. somewhere in there, yeah. But I didn't hear it till like eighty one or two. But even then, when oh, they came it? to town, they were playing Cardies. Yeah, I heard it on uh, George Gamark's Rock and Roll Alternative. You two played Cardies? Yeah, for a wet T-shirt contest. Yes. That's the first time they came to town. Robert Watsky has chronicled this several times on his blog. Yeah, and I saw him. 82, 83 at the Bronco Bowl, and that was on the I war tour. That. that was the war tour, and they started to get some traction. Yeah, and then that That's summer they blew up on MTV with under red, um, blood red sky. Yeah, under yeah, blood red sky and red rocks. Mm-hmm. Another time, another place. You too. All right. Um, next. Yes, coming up next, we'll have the ticket ticker, and I'll give you my next one during the ticket. ticker. Awesome. The unticket. I remember just a whole ton. About the night that I saw Bruce Springsteen at Gertie's in 1972. I do remember counting people in the crowd. And there were 16. And that counts me, bartenders, and help. And that was it. Um, Gertie's was a place over on Lemon Avenue. The the building is still there today. It's Lemon and Oaklawn. It's on the west side. Look for the little gray kind of cinder block building that's kind of long away from the road and it's got a real low ceiling and everything and they use it for Halloween and and Christmas and stuff like that these days. It used to be a blockbuster. That's where Gertie's was and he rolled through there for a couple nights but I remember that it was this song that made me start taking him very seriously that night and made me see that some of the things 
that I'd read about this East Coast phenomenon were indeed the case. As I watched him up there on the stage with his, I believe, six-piece band at the time, playing as though there were 16,000 in the crowd instead of 16, period. And this was a song, I don't remember where in the set this was played, I know it was, and I remember being just incredibly drawn in by this, which can be found off of his very first album, Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey. of course the great spirit in the night this is bruce springsteen telling one of his teenager in new jersey stories with his characters his cars going out to places where they would just go to hang out and doing the things they do racing making out with girls the stuff the situation does now right the stuff the situation does now Except back then, it was all fun, and it was all kind of innocent. It was all just a really, really good time. And it captures elements of rock and roll, rhythm and blues, soul, all the things he heard back in his youth, and threw them all into the kettle, and stirred up this mighty toxic. Genius. Mighty tonic, the great spirit in the night. All right, well, let's bring the great Donovan into this. Yeah. What do we say? You By the way, out on your I, should, I should, yeah, yeah, I should tell you that the next ticket ticker will be at one <laughs> thirty. I'm Mike Reiner, reminding the P1s to be one. Tune us in, turn it up, keep it on. Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. Yep. The ticket celebrates the holiday and switch them up style with crude chaos and randomly shuffled hosts today only. Thank God. During the seventh annual White Elephant Host and Crew Exchange, brought to you by Star Power. Now, more mail ins from George Dunham and Mike Reiner with a little something something from Danny on Sports Danny. Radio 1310, the ticket. Nope. Who cares? Who cares? I mean, he just turned in the blicker. Look at that. There you go. I'm sorry, man. Can Donnie play this game because aren't all of his songs have the word explicit next to them? <laughs> I wondered that, too. <laughs> well, most of them do. Oh, did you download clean version? I would never do that. That's the ultimate in selling out right there, the clean keep it version. Real. Well, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of the late 80s, 80s early 90s hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And that was back in the time where the DJ was considered more important than the rapper. You had Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh, Fresh Prince. He's, you know, he's the DJ. He was the rapper. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a group called Eric B. and Rakim that I thought were absolute greatness, that I don't think got a lot of play because they didn't have a lot of bells and whistles. I'm going to go ahead and get up on the dance floor, by the way. It was just the guy on the turntables <laughs> scratching his butt off and the other guy with the microphone just spitting all kind of rhymes just in your face. But I think this is the greatest <laughs> rap lyric ever. Right, get up. This is the baddest-ass dude if he really can What's do this. What's this dude's name? It's... The group is Eric B. and Rock Him. The mm-hmm. song is My Melody, and I think this is the greatest hip hop lyric okay. of all time. Here we go. Stretch out 
don't get from in front of all they can go get is me and Lazarus. Listen to what he says right here. Here we go. Watch us move away. I take seven MCs, put them in a line, and add seven more brothers who think they can rhyme. Well, it'll take seven more before I go for mine. Now that's 21 MCs laid up at the same time. Easy does it. Yeah, dude, that is the baddest man in the world. If he could take seven MCs, put them in a line. And seven brothers. Add seven more brothers who think they can rhyme. Mm -hmm. But it'll take seven more before I go for mine. That is 21 MCs eight up at the same time. That is a bad <laughs> song, bitch, right there. <laughs> Woo! That is the that? greatest rap lyric ever. Ever. And I dare anyone to challenge me on that. That's a good one. Ever. I like it. Woo! That fires me up. I fired me up, too. I was on the dance floor. Yeah, I was, too, Yeah, man. I saw it. I saw it. I was I'm, whirling around. I was on the floor. All right, you're Boots up, pal. You did, the, you did the booty bump. Yeah, I was doing it. Okay, um, no surprise that the great Randy Rogers is on my list. And I'm pretty new to his game, too, I guess, because I only started listening to him uh, five years ago or so, something like that. And I could have put a bunch of different Randy songs in here, and it was really difficult for me to um, to narrow down to one. But I had to put um, Randy in here somewhere. Could have put... Um, what was I trying to say? Fart? No. <laughs> could have put it in my arms instead, just a matter of time. <laughs> Uh, before uh, first I believe time it's around, true. or was that it? This time this around, time around. Thought about this time around. Um, she did me tonight. That is not. That is not a Randy no. Rogers song that I know of, anyway. Oh, that wouldn't make his. That's list. the explicit song on mine. That makes somebody yes. else's. No, but I came up with "Lay It All on You." She did me tonight. <laughs> it's a song that uh, he co-wrote with the great Wade Bowen. Wade Boner. Wade Bowen. Oh, yes, the tickets on Wade Bowen. Yes. Crank it up, Bruce. That's party. Funny how some people dream. They cut out a shoe just to be on the scene. But I don't know how many times I stood right here. You still don't see me. I was good. Maybe wrong, but tonight I'm He changed the way I looked at music. He inspired me to write. There'd be no bird dogs without Randy Rogers and Brady Black. That's probably a bad thing for a lot of people, but he inspired me to start writing music and embrace music again. I don't think that's a bad thing. Not at all, Holmes. And uh, I love Randy and Brady and Jeffrey, Les Lawless, and the whole crew. Lay it all on you. Check it out. Randy Rogers. You've probably never heard this name ever, right? No, I haven't. You like it? Yeah. Cleburne Zone. He's That's a right. yellow jacket. That's right. Don't mess with the Just yellow jackets, George. Plug this line. Yes, sir. All right. Now I'm fired up. Let's go, Donovan. Let's go. Let's go ride. Let's do it. <laughs> you want to go, Holmes? Yeah, this one, I'll get right to it. This was in my original top three when we did this about eight, nine years ago. And it is strange that my favorite country and western song of all time was written by a junkie, trust fund, hippie baby from Florida. But it goes like this right here. 
The very, very dirty dead Graham Parsons. Come out on your porch or step into your parlor and I'll tell you. With a little help from Emmy Lou Harris. Out with the truckers and the kickers and the cowboy angels. And the good She's never been on anything that she didn't make better. She's so amazing. Made his wheels off voice sound better. All right. Very nice. Yes. <laughs> hey. 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 Um, hey. Yeah. Who's next? Um, you want to go again since you got yeah, a little catch go. up to play I'll here? Go. Yeah. Uh, again. Let the brother have a say here. Eighties hip hop oh! is my thing, oh! <laughs> and <laughs> I just love this song. It's Houdini. You ever heard of Houdini? Yes. One of the greatest. Yep. Rap groups ever love them, and my favorite Houdini song, and it's not even close, is uh, Funky Beat. I think I have to get up again. Uh oh. Get, this, at, get this on YouTube. You remember at Six Flags where you could go into recording studio oh, yes. and have the You'll tell me you did this. I did this. I bet it sounded incredible. Man, I sounded just like them. <laughs> they had oh, beats like geez. this in those little. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really? I know every word. Right here and now, I do declare this to be the new funky beat of the year. If you want a funky beat, why not use mine? I can rock a funky beat all the time. So now is the time, and this is the chance. Because the next record might not make you dance. Because funk ain't nothing but a four-letter word. It's often misspelled, but seldom heard. Listen to the bass drum hit the ground. The bass sounds like it weighs at least a pound. You heard the drum roll, there wasn't glare in your eye. But tell me the truth, are you that surprised? We make beats with rhythm and rhythm with beats. Hear my records in the club as well as the streets. So to all you MCs that's looking for an idol, Jaleel's my name, that's the rapper's my title. Damn! Nailed it! He nailed it. <laughs> Love it. Funky beat. Houdini. Funky beat. The greatest Houdini <laughs> song ever. Awesome. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Oh, man. The great Donovan here. Oh, yes. All right, Shoopy, is it time for a ticket ticker here? It or, is, Shoopy. Uh, all right, well, let's uh, do that next. It's 128 <laughs> here on the ticket. The unticket. Now, let's see here. Yeah. Yep. The Diamond Doctor. <laughs> Hey. Is happening Friday. Norm and we hey. will both be there at his brand new one of a kind diamond building located at um, Northwest Highway in Sherry Lane. Just no Preston in Sherry Lane, just south of Northwest Highway. There will be thousands of diamonds to choose from. <clears throat> he wants to help you out at this most wonderful time of year. That's so great. we will see you Friday for both Norm. Hey. And our show, that's great. three to seven, the hard line great. at the Diamond Doctors, brand new diamond building, hey. Preston Road and Sherry Lane, just south of Northwest Highway. <laughs> Listen to that. <laughs> How Jay never got your wings going. I don't know what's more of an inhuman sound, that or some of these that we hear from Corby. Oh, I know. He's real Dolphin bad about Corby that. Corby and <laughs> <laughs> or Doyle King. <laughs> <laughs> God. Seriously, like if you walked in. 
<laughs> if you walked home and walked into your bedroom and something popped out of the closet and you just heard the first two seconds of the Doyle laugh, you would literally... <laughs> Golly, it's yeah. so loud and, have a heart and frightening. Yes, you would die. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's our girl. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is that? Where'd that come from that's again? Christiana. She... This is a girl who was going to fight at fight night oh, for us, but right, she couldn't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah, how about that one? Listen to that. That's amazing. It's pretty wheezy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh, awesome. Having awesome. fun. Yes, we are having fun. <laughs> How about uh, June Jones leaving SMU after four years? Well, I mean, people are paying attention out there. That Arizona State will do. SMU just about fans any- aren't, but well, yeah, no, they're not. But he did a nice job out- there. Three straight bowl games. That's about as good as you can do at SMU. But the thing is, they're not drawing flies. No, they're not drawing flies, but. Let's see somebody else come in here. Yeah, I and mean, where, where do they go? It's going to be tough to do what he did. Yes, where do they go to find somebody who can come in here and do that? I don't know. I've said going going to bowl games. What what do the people at SMU expect? They want national championships in order to come out. That's not going to happen. Going to ex- and a fun play, offense that scores a lot of points. Playing he some exciting yeah. offensive football and going to bowl games should be the top. Of the ladder. And that, from where that they are, too, should be full. From where they were, he did an incredible job. Yeah, I mean, no they doubt. were at the bottom of the barrel. So they got a nice stadium, mm-hmm. good teams, win a lot, play an exciting brand of football, and still nobody comes to the games. Well, they're going to miss him, man. Boy, it's big tough. time. It's tough to be a college team in this market. You know, the three schools that are here, as much winning as TCU has done, I don't think they've been supported as well as they should have been uh, a few of those years. You know, and they they weren't quite selling out Eamon Carter. Now, maybe that they fixed it up. And they've had a great decade now. They're going to the Big 12. I think they will sell out just about every time now. The thing about that, but They were though, slow it, coming around on that, but though. The thing about that is the people in crazy Fort Worth have really adopted them. Yes, that's Fort their Worth's team now. Team. Yeah, they've done you a know? good job of building that in the Fort Worth team. But, you know, North Texas and SMU being here in a, in a pro sports town, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to fight that battle as a mid-major. And this comes on the day that they're going to announce that they're going to the Big East which I guess is a good move for SMU, but it's still crazy. That whole new Big East thing. And there's no promise of BCS, by the way, by going to the Big East. Because they may not have the automatic qualifier tag along with it once they're a member. Well, at least the potential of that probably puts them closer to it than they would be otherwise. Yeah, I'm not saying it's the wrong move, but it's it's still a dicey one. Yeah, it is. And And the fact that Boise State's going to be in that as a football member, that's ridiculous. Yes, you know, and now they're gonna—they're still gonna be playing teams that are in schools that nobody around here gives a rat's ass about. No. You know, back then, back in the day, and I know I'm going way back here, and I know it's gone and ain't coming back and all that. But it was still neat when Texas A&M would come through here, every, you know, every couple years or so, and they'd have a game with TCU that you could either watch here or go across the way to, and Baylor would come up here in Texas Tech, and yeah, you know. Teams and schools that you know had you had ties to. Who's the toast of the Big East right now? Is it West Virginia? Are they in the? Well, are they now the they're BCS headed to the Big team? Twelve. Yeah, they're coming. To now the Big they're 12. coming to the Big Twelve. So West I guess Virginia. Louis, I guess Louisville is. Okay. 
Why don't but they might be long for that Big East world either. I can understand being in a, a pro sports town where you have all four majors and and the people like our age or even maybe alums grown or grown ups won't support the local college team, which is SMU. But what's their excuse for their students not going? Well, the couldn't, problem couldn't, there is you only got stu- five thousand of them. At SMU, you only got it's, five thousand students. So you can get seven. It? Per, yeah, I didn't realize a, it was that yeah, small. Small. It may be up to six or seven now, but oh, it's God. it's under ten. So they are counting on alums. And, yeah, and people, people like you or me. To yeah, adopt Dallas them. fans. It's not going to happen. Adopted it's them back never in the Express days. But the, no, it's not. going They'll have happen. to compete for a national championship for that to ever even happen. And even then, they weren't selling out Texas Stadium unless they played Texas. Yeah, I was at some of those games and it was full. Back in the days of Mustang Mania. Back mm-hmm. in the days of Mustang Mania. Hey, no one probably cares too much about this, but that that would be my plan for all the mid-level schools in Texas and Louisiana. Instead of trying to fulfill a Big East dream, SMU, Houston, Tulsa, North Texas, uh, TCU ship has sailed because now they're going to be a part of the Big 12, Louisiana Tech, they all they all regionalize and make it matter when they play each other. Yeah. Baylor should probably be in there, too. Now the they've got this night birds in there, yeah, too. Yeah, Rice. Absolutely, maybe. Yeah, and and the thing is, you'll be in such close proximity that the other visiting teams will travel well. Yes, they will, and it would be a good little. It'd be an old Southwest Conference kind of reworked, and and maybe throw New Mexico State in there or New Mexico. It'd be a good UTEP. It'd be a good little conference. Yeah. Now, if they don't go to SMU to support their team, who's going to go to San Diego State? When they who's going to go to San Diego when SMU plays San Diego? Yeah. Who's going? Not anyone from here. No. It's one of those ideas that makes so much sense that it just will never happen. Well, because everyone thinks they're, you know, better than other schools. You know, SMU thinks they're beyond, you know, North Texas and Louisiana Tech and Houston. Um, TCU thinks they're, you know, above SMU and others. And they, they are now. They have Big 12 status now, so they can they can go with it. But those other schools, they ought to band together in a regional conference and go the opposite way of all this craziness now in college yeah, athletics say, look, at these big ass conferences all right you can have your bcs we're just going to do what we do what regional, we can do good, strong, regionalize this thing and make yes. the best of it yeah yeah it makes so much sense it'll probably never happen but that's a big loss how do you think you'll do at arizona state because see i think that's a tough job um well i'll tell you what everybody in the pac-12 is really ramping things up take a look at what these schools that need coaches Washington State just got ten times better. Yes, but here's the here's the problem I see with the Pac-10. If you're not USC, UCLA, or Oregon, you now have twelve schools competing for the same football players in one state, California. That's where what eighty percent of the football players in the Pac-12 come from. Yeah, that's about right, and that's tough. Now you've got now maybe June Jones because of his Texas ties will be able to have pretty good Lone Star recruiting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, these Pac-12 teams, they, they come over here and try to get players out of here, too. I just don't think there's enough players to go around for 12 teams. And, man, they have got some great coaches in that conference, too. I mean, yeah. all up and down it. You know, the Washington schools have Leach and Sarkeesian, who's yep. really good. Sarkeesian's really good. Yes, Oregon schools have Chip Kelly and Mike Riley, yep. who's been mentioned a time or two for something with the Cowboys. That's a tough conference. It really is. You know, I mean, just all those California schools, they have good guys, except for UCLA, which doesn't have one right now. But having said that, I think June will do fine at Arizona State for the same reason Mike Leach will at Washington State. He's got that offense that I think you can recruit to and yeah. I think can maybe um, 
level the playing field in some games that he has against USC and Oregon where he may not have the talent, but maybe his offensive yeah, he might ingenuity be able to can score you. Yeah. And just so, turn it into a, a real shootout and see if those teams can play that way. But, you know, I bet even he was a little dismayed that he won here more than they've won since the Pony Express days and didn't get a lot of people jumping on board. I bet oh, that surprised him. I'm, I'm sure it did. It that he had looked to. up in the stands and went, wait a minute, we're winning seven or eight games. And yeah. No I've turned this thing floor. around and, and, you know, nobody's here. Yeah. That had to make him crazy. All right, 145. Here on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. Yeah, it's looking on Garrett. Okay. The Unticket. Here is Ed Leveraging. Here's Donovan. Thank you, Mike. This segment is brought to you by TheGranadaTheater.com, featuring Devin the Dude on December 17th. So go check him out. Devin the Dude. GranadaTheater.com. Excellent. Hey, I mentioned that SMU has 5,000 undergrad. They have 7,000 undergrad. 5,000 postgraduate students. Do you think the postgraduate students interested in going to a game? No. 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 So basically they have under 10,000 students. They've already had four years of college. They're doing the grad school thing now, and they are ready to get the hell out. They don't have time for college No, they football. don't. They're they doing don't some sort of research football. project or something on Saturday. They don't have time for it. Or they're doing business. They're over in that Cox School of Business. Yeah. They don't they have time have better for no, football. No. no, they don't. Speaking of football, this is a big week for your Dallas Cowboys, is it not? I thought last week was a big week for them. Yeah, but this really, is... I think they really needed to get through this soft spot on the schedule unblemished. And you know yeah. what? Just think about the soft schedule they had. And you think about New York's schedule, which was just ridiculously tough. Yep. And out of everything that happened, they're only one game up. That has to absolutely almost chop their legs off a little bit. Saying, man, we had this part where we really had to go out and dominate, and it looks like they did. And they're still only one game up. So to your point, yes. It's a big week. you yes. got two games against the Giants. The division will be decided Sunday night, and then when they meet them here in a couple of weeks. So saying that, this is a huge week for Jason Garrett. He can coach his tail off, make great calls, not have any sort of gaffes like he did last Sunday. But if they get beat Sunday night, who's going to take the fall? Jason Garrett. Yeah, it's you'll be you got something it, it, it of it well, all leads back to him. Now. He didn't get him up. He didn't do right. this. He got out coached. His play calling. Now yeah. maybe Romo will take some heat too. It's but, according to what happens in the game. Because, yeah, it depends on what kind of game. But again, who does it all go back to? Though it goes back to the head coach. Well, uh, unless somebody makes a clear, obvious mistake that costs the team the game, it's going to wind up at his feet. Yeah, mm-hmm. Romo has saved Garrett, I believe, a lot this season because of his bonehead plays. Have, actually mask some of the bad things that Gary did all year long. Did you guys change your opinion of Jason Garrett after Sunday? Or did you, did you pretty much think he was somewhat wheels off as a head coach anyway? No, no, I, I'm pulling for Jason Garrett. I, I like am, Jason I, Garrett. I do too. I like him, and I think he's a good head coach. I think he's done 90% of the things really well as a head coach here. No, I he really made, do. He made a big mistake down the stretch Sunday. Coaches do that. Good coaches have bad yes. days. Good coaches make the wrong call. Jimmy had bad calls sometimes. Yeah, if you can believe that, which, frankly, It's I hard don't. to believe. Yes. Jimmy did make some bad calls. But as a lot coach. of good coaches will come out and say, man, I had a horrible day. Yeah, that he lost points with me bad. on Monday, not see, that, Sunday. Now you're hitting on something where I think he did lose. Because, you know, I like Garrett. I, I think he's very intelligent. I think he's, I think he's got head coach qualities. You know, a lot of it it is organization and how you 
um, you know, emphasize not making mistakes and things like that. But yeah, I, I wanted to hear something different from him this week too. About you know what, I had a bad day. We're moving on. I was I screwed that up. I should have called timeout. Should have done this. Should have done that. Didn't realize we had two timeouts. So we right. only had one. But we got the Giants Whatever. this week, so that, that's that's past us. And now we're going for. And, mm-hmm. I, and yeah. I think if he would have just said that, look, I screwed up. This is on me. I'm going to be better. The team's going to be better. So let's go on to the Giants. Then the story has one news cycle after that. But that was a weird press conference the other day, wasn't it? Oh, the silence after the questions. It's, I can't answer that. Right? I, don't I don't have, have a great answer yeah, for that. I don't have a great answer. It's one of the weirdest Cowboy coaching press conferences we've ever had. I don't have a great answer for you on that. And it hmm. begs, for the, any answer? It begs <laughs> for the presence of Ray Stone. <laughs> Bad decision, that coach. Blow hard. <laughs> coach, I thought you had some of the worst coaching I've ever seen, and I look forward to your answers today. Okay. 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 We still have yeah. that in there? Oh, yeah. 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 All right. I reckon we could have coached better. Yeah. Bad decision, coach. Okay. You have to admit, that was a great Cowboy oh, press conference he was moment. a crazy old bag out yeah, there asking crazy, crazy old questions. Bag, but you know what? That was a question the fans wanted to ask. There were a lot of fans out there that, that were thinking the same thing. Oh, I don't know. If anyone George, thought the way of course Stone they were. Was. They Today's were. Cowboy Report, I'm Ray Stone. You were listening to that nonsense yes, and waste I, the time I, for I three did. minutes? Used to play I did. it. Yes, I did. You can say what you want to about him, but he was speaking for a good cross-section of the fans that day. Today, for the fifth time in the last seven, we're going to talk to Bill Bates. <laughs> the only he interview had, he could yeah, get. He always had Bill Bates on the, what's it called, like the Codafone Report or something like that? Codafone Cowboys Report? Oh, hell, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't when remember. You, when you try for two two-point, we would have had to go two two-points yeah, to make obviously. it a two-score two game That's or one-score one. game. Percentages are not with you. So I felt we'd have a better chance to take the point, uh, come down, score again. Now we don't have to worry about two-point plays, get an onside kick. Or if we had to, take a field goal and kick onside. It gave us a couple of options there. And, and uh, you know, hindsight, you might say we could have made two two-point plays. But uh, I don't feel we're going for the win. Bad, bad decision, though, Coach. Bad decision. No, it wasn't a bad decision. Next. <laughs> <laughs> bad, bad decision, coach. Bad decision. No, it wasn't that. Stick it in the air. Do you have the Chan Gailey one? Where yeah, he just the one went, everybody remembers is that one. That I was forgot. before the press conference started. He went in this long, long time. Yeah, it was wasn't even a question. It was the first question. It wasn't yeah. even a question. It wasn't even a question. Chan had just sat down and he, and he was going about, oh, I look forward to your answers today because that was some of the worst. You got it, Groobs? I think so. Chan, I want to cut to the chase very, very quickly. I've been covering the Cowboys almost 30 years. I want to tell you that yesterday's performance by the players and by the coaching staff was the worst that I had witnessed over this almost 30-year period. So I'm anxious to see what your answers are today. Okay. (laughs) He didn't even say okay. Okay. Man, Ray Stone should have stuck around for the uh, for the offs. They were worse than anything Chan threw out there in 98-99. Tell you what, Ray Stone's got a sack on him. He No, he was so crazy, he didn't even know what he was doing. Remember when he sang with the Time Wasters at Summer Bash at some lake? Yes. He, he did? did? Yes. yes. I know, uh, he I know did like two songs Ray with did. us. Yes. No, that, Ray Stone did. That was sponsored by Big Dick Hunter. Yes. Let's get Ray Stone up here. <laughs> 
Because Big and Dick, Jose Canseco, Big see Big Dick, we <laughs> we didn't get the ranch report, so he would actually do the Ray Stone Football Minute or whatever the hell it was called. <laughs> but yeah, he performed with the Time Wasters. Is he still with us? I don't know. I haven't seen him in a long time. I really don't know. I haven't seen him in a long time either. If he is, alas, he appears to no longer be active on the scene. But Garrett's meltdown the other day, was that worse than Load Left? Load Left was crazier. Load Left was crazy. You've got the lead and the ball from your own 20. Mm -hmm. 20! (laughs) Or 25, somewhere in there. Yeah. And you go for it twice. It was the same thing. You went for it it twice. Yeah. Same play. All right. What was the worst-case scenario outcome after Load Left? Do you remember the... What happened? They went to the Super Bowl and won. But, I mean, do you do you remember the circumstance of, like, they fell and did Philadelphia get the ball and then score immediately? Yeah, and beat them. And then they won the game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they scored a, a field goal would tie. Wasn't that it? A field goal would tie and a touchdown would win. And he set Philadelphia up inside the 30. Yeah. Can't okay. make a damn yard, can't win a damn football game. <laughs> that was his reason, and he didn't care what anybody thought. Right, about old a sack. Barry had a sack. He didn't care. It's such an old man way of looking at things. Well, if you can't get a damn yard, then you don't start winning a damn football game. <laughs> so Boy. you either have that or Sunday when the worst case scenario is the game ends tied, you go to overtime and take your chances there. Yeah, I think low left was worse, but it's just. I think Danny had it on uh, right yesterday. It's just the fact that afterwards, everyone's just giving you the runaround because you heard Romo say, well, I didn't even realize it may have been first down. I didn't know. And immediately after he caught it, he's telling you to spike it. It was third down. If you didn't know it was a first down, why would you spike it on fourth? That's such bullshit. So everyone giving you the runaround, just, I think that's what gets everyone. Just look, say I messed up. I blanked it, and then everything will be fine. Yeah, We're just and, going with the next one. And Load Left was a Super Bowl team, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They wound up going to the Super Bowl that yeah. year. They barely made it through there, though. That almost sunk them. Because you remember, they came back here, and they had to play the Giants, and they needed a fourth down catch by Kevin Williams to get by a pretty bad Giants team. Yeah, you do. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. San Francisco lost, and then they had a chance to get home field if they won at Arizona. And and the team that was just kind of flopping around all of a sudden thought, hey, wait a minute, we're two wins away from the Super Bowl. And if you go back to that Super Bowl thirty team, that was somewhat of a minor miracle they won the Super Bowl that year in '95. Yeah, because I I mean they were barely hanging. They, even yeah. Aikman has said that with us on Thursday mornings that they almost crashed and burned at the end of that year. And then after that, you can see that you know that next year more guys left and then they never got close again. Yeah. All right, so you have that, a team with some expectation. Very against, high expectation, Against yeah. this, a team that... No one really uh, knows what to expect. Yeah, I don't know if it certainly doesn't have that kind of expectation. No, but but doesn't that make it even worse? Yeah, because I, th- if they, I think it does. If you don't have any expectations and you have the opportunity to beat the Jets and you blow it, to beat Detroit and you blow it, to beat New England and you blow it, to beat Arizona and you blow it. I don't care if they're L's when you first check it at the beginning of the year. You had those games and you blew it. So now if you don't make the playoffs, you just kick yourself in the balls and say, how dog we just jacked this thing up when we had every opportunity to make it there ourselves. 
And, and the funny thing is, they still have their destiny in their own hands. They went out there in the playoffs. Yeah. Was this one worse than the New England or Detroit game? Or the Jets game? You know, throw that in there, too. Yeah. I, Games that they should have won or could have won. I think so. I just I just think they just played around against Arizona because they are in first place, and they think they could just go out and beat anyone. And they played around with Arizona and played around with Arizona, and all of a sudden, in the end, they couldn't make it. So I, agree. I think this is one of the this worst is, ones. This is a much worse loss. And it's later in the, the season. Arizona the season. sucks, yeah. man. Kevin yeah. Cobb hadn't played in like four games, and they made him look like Brady out there. You know what, though? There's there's not much difference in all these teams, though. You know, I mean, I agree with that. I don't think Arizona's that great. Neither are the neither are the Cowboys. Right, though. they're right. not that great. I mean, you got Green Bay, you got New England, New Orleans. Who else would you like to present to me as a team that's really, really good? I don't I even probably th- shoot holes in. It. I don't San think Francisco. I, I wouldn't even. Okay, I, I don't. Even, I may give you that. I don't think I would throw the Patriots in that upper tier. I think that up the very upper tier of this league consists of the Packers and New Orleans, and that's it. Not even because of Brady alone. No, not even because wow. of Brady alone. Because I, I think everything else, there? everything else around him is is weakening. I don't think he can hoist it up there by himself the way he used to. And then in the next tier, maybe you want to put the Patriots in there. Maybe you put San Francisco, Baltimore, maybe in there. Maybe Pittsburgh. Baltimore, maybe. Maybe Pittsburgh. But outside of that, everyone else, there's really not much difference. And I, I would submit to you, there's not much difference between, if you want to throw San Francisco in there, well, the Cowboys beat them. Yeah. At their place. Sure, sure. There's just not much difference between anybody in the NFL. But that's what frustrates you about this Cowboys team. Because they have the players to do something, I believe. And I, and when it's presented in front of you, you just got to take advantage of it, man. You just can't play around. And it's that whole front-runner's disease that just gets me every single time. When you think they aren't anything, they go out there and play one hell of a game. But now they've won four games in a row. They start reading some press clippings with the Cowboys, grabbing us boys down there, and then they go out there and put a stink out there. And that, and that happens Almost every time with this team, and that just has to stop. I don't know why they have this attitude that they're a really, really good football team. And that's why I think they have at times. So there. Well, they're winning streaks, and then they started thinking they were all there. Right, right. And that's been the staple of this team for a long time. Dang, I well, there you have tickers. it. Another sports problem <laughs> solved. They know who did it, and they just can't they figure, figure out why. why. <laughs> I agree. The Unticket. You guys tell me every day. All right, 212 is the time. This is our last hour here on White Elephant Day. Seems very strange to be in here doing this at this time of day. I know it yeah, must for you, too. It does. It's very strange up here. Because when we're up here in the morning, it's dark for half the show. Right. I guess It is for you guys now, too, yes, I guess. it is. This is the dark middle around of the day. 545 or so. I will say the best thing about my day is not necessarily sleeping in, although I did sleep in until about 6.30. Normally, it's about three hours earlier than that. But today, I got to take my youngest boy to school. I have two kids out of the house now. Mm-hmm. And my youngest is in sixth grade. I never see him in the mornings. His mom takes him to school. This morning, I got to take him to school. And to me, that was better than sleeping in. That was pretty cool to get to see him this morning. Now you have. He was one, glad to have his dad home. You have one who is a member of the workforce. Yes, I have one out like of college me. now. He was let's see, seven when the ticket started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my two older boys were little, and my other one, my middle child, then was three 
when the ticket started. Mm-hmm. He is now in college mm-hmm. in his second year at North Texas. Boy, but and you worry our, about them, don't you? See, that's the one thing where Rhines and I see the world the same, is that we are both parents, and you never stop worrying. You no. worry from the moment they're born. Yes. Am I feeding him the right thing, or her in your case? If, you know, is it time for a bottle? Do they need to be changed? Why are they crying? Then, oh my gosh, they're starting to walk. They're going to fall down and hurt themselves. Then, okay, we got to go to daycare now or school. Right. What if someone pushes them down? They're going to be around other kids and stuff. Then you get the preteen years and you get the teenager years. Oh gosh. High school, college. Where they going to? Co- are they going to go to college? Are they making their yeah, grades? Is this college material. Are they going to be able to get in? What are they doing on every Friday or right. Saturday night? They get in there and then you worry about that. You know, what's their social scene like out there? Are they hanging out with the right people? Right. Are they falling under the wrong kind of influence? And the thing is, once they're out of college, you're still worried about them. Yes. Do they like their job? Yes. Do they they like like what they're doing? Do you like your gig? Are are they happy? Are they going to get married? How much is that going to cost me? Right. Is he going to knock up some old girl? Is he? I mean, do you like being chief of police? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Think you worry about, about everything. Yes. The, the, the point is, you never That's stop drive worrying you nuts. about your kids. You never stop, and it'll be when I'm eighty and they're, you know, whatever, and they're in their forties or thirties. I will still be worried about. I will still lose sleep at night thinking, wonder what they're doing right now. Yes. Because they're your kids, and you, you don't always worry know. about them. Yes, you never quit worrying. <laughs> Are they going to turn out like Danny? Hey. <laughs> you know, I thought that once she got out into the workforce and, you know, was making her own way through this world and everything, that I would quit worrying, but... You never stop. No, no, I find now that I worry just as much as I did then, if not more, because now everything is out of my hands. I yeah, mean, it's all up to them. Have yes. I done the right things? Have right. I told them the right things? Did right. I teach them well enough? Did they listen to me? You know, did I did I misstep somewhere along the way and lead them down the wrong the the wrong path? You never quit, man. Man, I'm glad I shoot blanks. <laughs> There's a lot to be said for it, and that's the other thing too. I've always felt this way, and I've talked to other parents who felt this way. <laughs> you never feel like you're worth a darn at it. No. Anything good you do that you think you know that was a that was a good parenting day for me or a good parenting tip, you it'll be wiped with, out by about three or four other yes, things that you, you know you up, did wrong. And you yeah, can't you can take come back. up with ten bad things. Yeah, that's just the way it go. It's the way it go. It's the way parenting go. And and see, I think you had it more difficult. The girl. If I had a girl, love you, daddy. Then is the you know the saying goes you got to worry about all of the all the ding dings yeah, out there right and if you have a boy you only have to worry, worry about, about one. one yeah yeah and it's true and I know how guys are they're jerks I've been there yeah look at Donovan I've, look at look how he behaved in college and your daughter just went through college I've, with guys like and worse <laughs> I, than Donovan I tried to I tried to show it to a lot of them in college man <laughs> I really did show it. I'm not gonna show even lie. <laughs> You know, I guess that's why I'm glad I don't have any because I would have a girl, drive you and it'll, cr- just, yes. it'll just roll right back on mm-hmm. me, man. But and you, and you, as you get older, you know, you're the old saying about your parents get smarter. There's no doubt about that. And then once you start having kids, then you really appreciate your parents. Then you think, oh my gosh, they went through this with me. Yeah, and I never showed any sort of appreciation except for whatever, old man. I'll turn on my music if I want to. <laughs> Can't tell All me. Right. 
Why are we such jerks to our parents? And that's been going on for thousands. Gordon and I talk about this all the time. It's been going on for thousands, millions of years. Well, I don't even see you being a jerk to your parents. I never was. I've always well, been afraid of my mom and dad. Yeah, I and was I think too. they will absolutely tell you that. I was a good kid because they put the fear in me. I mean, they didn't beat me down. I mean, you know, I got discipline, of course. For the most part, I was too. I was was a good kid. I had great fear for them. But I had my own Hogan's Heroes activity going, you know, where they didn't know what was going on. (laughs) Because, yeah, yeah, we all had our, you know, (laughs) we all had our Code Red activity that our parents didn't know about. Sure. And if you could rewind it, you would never get in. I mean, think about it. Yeah, if you could rewind it, you'd do exactly what they want you to do, whatever it might be. And if you could rewind it, think about it. There were probably a half dozen, maybe two dozen times you could have killed yourself. Oh, my with what God. what you were doing. Yes. It could be 50 times. <laughs> yeah, with what you were doing, you could have died some sort of tragic death. should for, have died. For him, and, that's and, in the last As week. a teenager, and your parents never would have gotten over it, your, your family never would have gotten over it, and think about that. It's fun to do bad things. Yeah. It is fun to do bad and things. And a lot of it is, you know, I don't know what point it is. We've talked about this before in the morning show. You... you Enter that time where it's more important what your friends think of you than what your parents do, because that that's your peer group. If you think, okay, and that's the teenage years. Yeah, it's a, and sometimes it's, it's getting younger now. Now it's the preteen where you know, I don't have to listen to mom and dad so much. I can be a little cooler than them and just you know. But if friend X calls, then mm-hmm. hey, yeah, what's going on? Oh yeah, you know, and you're you're fine with him. For me, it was about when I hit junior high. Except then, I was shown in very short order that that. I did not fit in with the rest of the kids, that they were all a lot cooler than me. So I was kind of... Yeah, I dealt with some of that, too. So you had to spend time at home. Yeah. Yeah, because... That's how I got good at models. Yeah, we discovered that Danny Danny and I had this in common. We Mm, found out this today. We used to build like plastic models of planes, cars, ships, mainly fighter planes with me. It was World War II, 132 scale World War II planes. That's all I was into. Yeah, yes, we're trying too. to talk Danny into putting one together during the show. That would be the worst radio, radio ever. <laughs> I guarantee you, we could do play-by-play of it and make it fascinating. Post up a time-lapse video. It'd right. Be great. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, but back to that, you know, being the nerdy kid and spending a lot of time alone. And at home. At at home. And then you got to go to school, and you're around the cool kids and all the good-looking girls and everything, and you see them all hanging out together, and... You're just going, man, why can't that be me? And wasn't that always a big thing? Okay, when am I going to cross these fields? i got to bring the girlfriend or your friends home to mom and dad. And how, weren't you fearful of that? Like how, you know, they were going to say something that was just going to go, oh, geez, don't emphasize that or <laughs> don't show that picture or don't tell that ridiculous, boring story, you know? Yeah, yeah, there's always But I mean, that. why not? If this person was important in our life, why wouldn't we want them to meet our parents? But we were all such jerks. We were like, well, I can't bring them around. How many, how many girls did you seriously, George, bring home to meet your mom and dad? Like, you know, a serious girl. High school. Uh, high school, not a, you know, two or three. But yeah, there was the, you know, the, you? my high school sweetheart. That was always a big thing. Is, oh, geez, there are know. only a couple of girls that my mom and dad met as a serious girlfriend. Now, in high school, I didn't have a driver's license. I didn't get my driver's license until I went to college. Why? Until I turned 18. <laughs> because when I graduated at 16, and when everyone took their driver's ed class at 15 or 16, I had a job. So I, I had to work, and I couldn't uh, I couldn't work. I couldn't go to driver's ed. So I didn't get my driver's license until my second year of college. Wow. So anytime a, uh, a girl 
wanted to come to the house, she had to drive over there. So in high school, you had a couple of girls come over there, but it wasn't it wasn't too big. It wasn't serious. You know, my my last girlfriend in college before my wife met my family at a Christmas thing, and then just my wife, and that's it. You know, but did make you nervous? No, I don't. I could care less the, about them telling stories. What if bring been out white? the pictures. I don't care. What if yeah, she'd been if white? Got the white then your dad there. would not my have been My dad down told on. me, if she can't use your comb, don't bring her home. <laughs> <laughs> and you have the big black pick with the fist on the end of it? He told me two things never to bring home. An earring in my ear mm-hmm. and a white woman on your arm. Wow. Don't bring her home. And I, I never did. I've never dated a white girl. Ever. You are missing out. Oh, I know Is I he? am. No, because they're absolutely badass crazy. <laughs> You don't think you sisters see, are crazy? Did you see the list of the 15 annoying things white chicks do on Facebook? Yes, that's hilarious. No, I haven't seen it. You really want the white prize? Yes! <laughs> All right, let's get into that next. <laughs> let's show Donovan that if he were to hook up with the white prize, mm-hmm. and especially get younger at that position, right? this is what you would have to put up with. Coming The Unticket. So... Now, how active are you on Facebook? Me, I'm active. Like you're on it just about every day, looking uh, around? Or yeah, I'll check on it. Something? See what's up. It's not a day go by that I don't check it out. I'm not on there constantly. Okay. But I'm on there right now, Mike. Well, I'm active enough on it to 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 the point to where when I read this list, I was just going, check, check. Same here. I saw it, too. Check. I don't Facebook. What goes on on Facebook? A lot of hooking up. Time wasting. Yeah, time wasting. Oh. Y'all don't hook up? No. Here's some pictures of food. Right. This is what I had for lunch. Yeah, that beats me. We'll get ready for this. Now, I don't know how the system (laughs) acts on Facebook, because alas, I don't have too many sister friends. Very, very active. The sister will post... Hot sports opinions? Yes, and pictures of shoes and <laughs> and food and all that stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, here are things that white girls you love to do on Facebook. A drink. <laughs> and tell me how much you think you would like this stuff. Okay. Number one, take pictures of their feet. Like just, yeah. Well, like if they get a, what is that, a mani or a pedi? No, no, no. Pedi. Like a group like of this. a group of girls. Like this. When the group of girls, oh, they'll just stick that. their feet in there and they'll take pictures oh, of it, showing off their shoes wearing, and, oh. and their toenails and their pedicure and stuff. The worst is the dumb broad on vacation at the beach who's got to take a picture from her vantage point looking out on the ocean and her stupid feet sticking up in it. That is so dumb. How do you feel about that, Danny? I just I told tell. you. Oh, okay. They will express their extreme annoyance at I'm this work day today. <laughs> And hint that it deserves a much-needed alcoholic beverage at the end of it. Wink, wink. Yeah, the sister will do that also. Oh, what a rough day. I need to get my drink on. Wink. Mm -hmm. Wink. Yeah. They will thank their hubby for being the best hubby in the world while while their hubby is sitting right next to them. Sisters ain't doing that. White girls do. Really? Yeah. Yeah, no. I have the best husband in the world. That just doesn't happen. They will complain about bad service at restaurants. Uh, Never eating at such and such again. Yeah. Any out burgers so overrated. <laughs> they will express. Why do you get on there if it whips you so bad? I don't know. They will express their <laughs> extreme <laid>. excitement. 
to get laid by these annoying creatures that yeah. we're bitching about. Okay. <laughs> All right, tell me if they do this. Okay. They will express excitement to see their best friends tonight, Brittany, Whitney, and Sarah. Love you, girls. <laughs> oh, love my girls. Yeah, I don't think so. This is doing that. Hey, wasn't another funny thing about bridesmaids, how they just took the conversations between women and really hit it out of the park? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was another great thing about it. They will take pictures, Donovan, wearing mm-hmm. a lot of makeup and looking really preppy while simultaneously making a hard facial expression and holding up what they consider to be a gangster sign. Usual caption, straight thugging. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's out. We are from the hood. <laughs> <laughs> you never seen those white girls on Facebook that are all, they pur- purse their lips and they're doing like the duck mouth thing. Oh, yeah, that's the duck right, right. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that, is, that is a beating, about? yes. We straight thugging. And you know what's a beating about that is when they take the pictures and like you're listening to music somewhere. Yeah. And you have to deal with their flashes in front of you because they, oh, they have to pose with whoever in the background. Yes, The show exactly. that they're at that show. Yeah. And they wouldn't know anything about thugging until it steals their purse. <laughs> yeah, they hard. They, yeah, they think they think they hard. They, they think they, they hard. Yeah, they think they're thugging, and then something happens, and they just faint. Yep. They will take pictures of horrible looking food. That's when I swoop in. Uh, yeah, no, nah, that's out. But you know, not horrible looking food. They'll just take a picture of you know, hey, I made pork chops for dinner tonight. <laughs> they will make their status the song lyrics of any Kings of Leon song. <laughs> you don't even have to look at me for that one. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that is. They will take a picture of someone they deem inferior to themselves in some way with the question, Really? That's a ridiculous plan. <laughs> they will write angry letters to companies. Dear Easy Park, I hate you. Unorganized groups of people, dear stuffy, dear slutty freshmen, who think that leggings can be worn as pants, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. That's been and going on for years. non-entities, dear unseasonably cold weather, WTF. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Boy, they, do, they that. do that all the time. See, I don't think I'm missing anything by not being on that Facebook. You're not. They will subtly yell at no one in particular while being very specific. Wow, it's hard to believe that you think you know someone and then they turn around and stab you in the back. We'll never make that mistake again, ever. The leading statement <laughs> update is the worst. What and happened? W- women are, oh my God, that's all they're looking for is right, sympathy right. and people to comment. End around where you have to ask them about what it's about. Yes. You guys talk about that on that Muser show. <laughs> <laughs> they will document exceedingly mundane activities of the day. God. You like this one? Gotta go pick up my laundry they're, they're and then off to the market. Today, they they're don't getting much needed groceries, then it's out to the post office to mail some bills and stopping by the gyno. We'll probably need some gas at the end, so I may stop by the gas station, but I might be tired. So I'll probably just get it in the morning on my way to pick up a prescription, but I'm not very tired. I'll probably just get the gas on the way home. Again, unless I'm tired. They don't reserve that for Facebook. Oh, they do that in real life, too? Oh. <laughs> Look at George. <laughs> Looks like he just smelled a fart. <laughs> oh, they express the their had, distaste for Facebook on Facebook and threaten to leave Facebook in their Facebook friends. But they're not going anywhere. No. no Tired no. of all the drama on FB. Right. Thinking about deleting my account. Shut up. <laughs> 
They asked seemingly rhetorical questions. It's cool to do a bunch of meth and babysit 26-year-olds, right? What does that even mean? <laughs> that doesn't seem And finally, they will write a status in another language. Oh, so you've got to go in there and copy and paste it and go to Google Translator to figure out what the hell it is they're trying to say. So you'll respond to it. That's all it is is about getting attention. Really? They just want attention. So, they're not adding a damn thing to the world. So the white prize, the, all of this is true. Yes, yes, it is Dude, true. Dude, to, to a T. Really? Yes. All of it, yes. yes. What is she sitting on? What that, do you mean? That depends from... Depends that's a, on, that's uh, a case to case thing. That's all I'm worried about. What's she sitting on? Right, We're bad bottom, ass. Bottom. All right, bad bottom. Ass. But that's all I'm that, worried about. But a bottom. lot of that bottom goes the beating. And the yep. beating is this. Not if you... Because they no. do all these things. Not if you touch I that look, bottom I'm just trying right. to help you out. Hit, hit it and quit it. <laughs> touch it right. Skeet and scoot. Oh, my God. What? What is that? Aren't Dude. we friends? I thought we were all friends. What the hell? <laughs> I feel you, Holmes. I will be using that. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> just so you really upset think, that I didn't think of that. So you really think back in high school, mm-hmm. if you would have brought home a white girlfriend, your dad, would he have said something to her? No. He just would have said something to you later like, what are you doing? Son, he would have said it to my mom and she would have said it to me. Black man. <laughs> white bitch. Oh, no. But there was only one white girl in my high school. God, I love street norm. Dude, every school I went to until I went to college, <laughs> all black and Hispanic. All. Yeah. So I didn't have an opportunity to talk to a white girl until I got to high school, and I was nervous about that because I what thought if, you had to talk to him in a different way. I really did. What if you brought home the Hispanic girlfriend? How would that have worked out with your dad? Um, I think it would have been fine. Really? My dad is in the looks. Oh, she so if like? she was super hot, it wouldn't matter. I think so. I think uh, I had a girlfriend in college who was pretty hot. Was she bright? No, or was she, she like Michael was, Cooper? She was black. <laughs> Dude, she was so dark and chocolate. <laughs> but uh, she had a really, really nice body. Mm-hmm. My dad Bottom. was very appreciative of that. Now, is yeah. that how you lean toward... They're real dark, or do you like bright? No, no. I like. I need them just deep dark. <laughs> really? You can't even see them if the lights go out. Where you at, baby? Where you at? Oh, there you are. <laughs> now I, I love, love, love dark skinned women. They are on the sexy scale, can't be topped. Hmm. Now you have. I mean, have you ever brought your dad up here? No. Have you ever met your dad? We need to meet your dad. I don't think I. I don't think you have. I don't think you have. My mom's either. been up here, but yeah. my dad. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Does he like what you do for a living, or does he care? He didn't care at all for a long time mm-hmm. until I think I got some tickets minute, to like minute, a drag minute. race, and he loves drag racing. So now he just loves it because you can get free drag racing tickets. Your dad likes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your career. And then when we did the Thanksgiving show at my grandmother's, mm-hmm. and he was there, and you know, kind of see what goes on. Then he's he's into it now. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool cat, man. You love him. I'd you like love to meet my your dad. Yeah, yeah. We have we have a couple of bits. He? he turned 65 in October. Oh. Uh, yeah. He's still young. Some old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it, Jake. It's my old man. We yeah. have a couple of bits that we have not been able to get to, Donovan. Ooh, yeah, one. Teaching you how to swim. Okay. And then the other one's not going to work out where you uh, take me uh, to the yeah. family meal. and other one's not going to happen. Why? Act like a real loud... Uh, uh, 
around anymore. Yeah. Oh. His grandmother. Moment of silence. Mm. Or is it your wife's grandmother? Yeah. Moment of silence. Sorry. Pour out three ounces of The OE. idea was she didn't like white people. And Donovan oh, no, 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 oh. no. I'm not going to paint it with that brush. She, <laughs> but she had strong opinions. Yes. Yeah, she grew up in that time where you guys weren't that friendly to her. Right, and I can understand that. So the deal was, I was going to go be a part of a family meal and be real loud and obnoxious. Just act like an ass. And then he was going to roll roll. crazy, inappropriate white dude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he was going to roll on the react after I left. (laughs) She was going to tear you up, man. (laughs) Well, your wife even has has accused you of hanging out too much with those damn white people. Because you did. I mean, you did drop a deuce in the upper tank of the toilet bowl. But that is kind of funny. I still can't believe you did that. It's kind of reverse oh, racism. That is You've been hanging never... out with them white people too much. Where did y'all even hear of that act? <laughs> Who came up with that? Who started talking about I that? I heard oh. it from Bob. It was from some... Uh, no, it was, a, it was a reality show. It was yeah, like it was like a UFC, UFC yeah. reality show. Yeah. Okay. And someone explained it up a Decker. And <laughs> Upper Decker. We, we I never the, heard uh, of it until Donovan did it to his Christmas beautiful gifts, wife. And so I thought maybe... Uh, <laughs> You know, Merry Christmas to her and all the P1s. Have have you heard the audio to this? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. So, you know. Should we hear it now? I think we should. I'd love to. What says Merry Christmas more than an upper decker to my wife? With hidden uh, microphone audio. Donovan! Come here! Come here. It's like something brown in there. What is that? Look like crap. <laughs> have a crap in the toilet. Up a decker. Simon. This is the joke. This is the secret. Are you crazy? Look. You have been around them damn white people too damn long. I cannot believe you took a <laughs> in the toilet. I'm on top of the toilet. Okay, what is it? You hiked your ass up on top of the toilet to the crap. Oh, that is so. Work. That is my mom's That's stupid. But it worked. And you did because I did this shit. I cannot believe you hacked your ass up there into the crowd. You know what? I don't think it was going to work. You need to come back into black people land and stop hanging your ass over on top of the talk. You know what? I don't know how you going to get that shit out there, but your ass going to clean that up. There you go. That that love, bit needs to be retired. I love no, it when she no no. I love it when she realizes. You know what? I I ain't gonna bitch anymore. And she goes. She's yelling. She goes. Ah, mm-mm. <laughs> mm-mm. When she walked off, she threw I a shoe at me and that, everything. You know you're in serious trouble. Oh, she yeah, does that. Mm-mm. Yeah, that was. I've I've never been Boy, more she, nervous in my life as when she went to the bathroom. I knew it was about to go down, and I'm shaking. And your wife head. is the sweetest, nicest oh, person never. when she comes out to like. When we were rehearsing for time yeah, wasters she's right. at, she's very at Ticket nice. Stock, and she, she gets to hang too. out, and she's singing. She Boy, she went gangsta on you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah, she did. She had the neck. She got all foxy brown on your ass. She did. How many times a month do you get in trouble like that? <laughs> no, not like that. Yeah. No, no, I, I don't get in How many trouble. Times a year? Yeah. A couple times a year. Thing, I'll bet yeah. you. Yeah, no, man, we have, you know, we, we laugh and joke a lot. So it's not any trouble or anything like that. We're good. 
and she's finally forgiven me. So all is well, man. Just as long as he craps in the proper place, everything's fine <laughs> right. at the Lewis household. I never can't believe talk you about did stuff that. like that with your wife, though. No, never. no, you open don't. Open door, nothing of that. Yes, this open door. What do you think of that? Terrible. It's some brown in here. It looked like a crap. <laughs> 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 but you know who's a practicer of the open open door policy? There's don't a you? lot of guys. Corby, Snake. yeah, yeah, I am also. I don't, I don't close doors. You've got to close God. that door, Why? especially when you're doing that. It's it's just, you got to act like that doesn't happen between man and wife. You yes. should never discuss what? it. Right? That's, that's a part of what goes down. No, yes, but no, you don't have to talk not. about it. But you know what? No, you don't talk about mean, it. You know what happens? That is the one time I know she can't go anywhere if I have to discuss something. And what? bam, there you go. What do you mean? You'll have a conversation while you're doing that? Well, what else are you going to do? Well, number one, you got to concentrate. Read a book? And number two, you should not. You don't have to be concentrate. I've been doing that for 40 years. I could do it with my eyes closed in my sleep. You're not like David Robinson also and have to get naked first, do you? Yeah. You do? You do? What is that? What you is, do? Really? You yeah. do? You have to get naked to totally go nude? Why? Totally? Yes! So that's why you can't go at work. I, I will totally go home. Nude. Yes, I will go. I need home field advantage. <laughs> but if David doing. Robinson would go get a hotel room yes. and spend one hundred and twenty dollars just to go do that, no, I'm not paid like that. I'll go to the but one if where you, you had get to go. ten dollars for two hours. One of those motels. <laughs> if you had to go, like if yeah. you'd gone to lunch with us, if I today, had to go right now, and you had to, go. yeah, I'd have to go. Yeah, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't get naked here because so you something could might get do on it. me. So you could do it if you had. Why to. do you get naked? Because just in case, for any reason. You got to get the hell out of there. There's there's no waddling with the pants around your ankles or mm -hmm. anything like that. You just you, you mean just, take your shirt off and everything? Yeah. Who wants to smell like that, dude? I bomb it. I make it happen. Oh my god. I I stink up some stuff. So there's no reason for me to have my clothes smell like what I'm gonna sit there and endure for about fifteen minutes. Yeah. And you know what? You when may I, have something. Like there. when I go to yeah. the doctor. Mm-hmm. I have to get completely nude with that also. Like the last time I had my prostate check. Hey, now. He said, hey, you know, you just pull down your pants. I'll start taking off my shirt. And he said, why are you doing that? I said, just in case there's any funny business, I can get the hell up out of here. And I got completely <laughs> naked. Completely. How is a shirt going to keep you from running out of there? Dude, just, I don't, if I have to start fighting That's and get out of there. That's the thing I've ever gotta heard. Got to go. Got I don't need... I don't need anything hindering me from getting the hell out of there just in case he's in there a little bit too long. <laughs> wow. I can get the hell out. You're weird. You're, you may be the weirdest guy at the ticket. Me? Yeah. There's no, no way. No. That's, a, that's a title that goes from person to person, but it does. On a station that harbors Gordon Keith, it's been retired. There's no way I'm the weirdest person here. No way. I, I know, just know how to, stuff. I just know how, what, what's wrong with being naked. You came in this world naked. You yeah. do the caterpillar and throw and up. The open naked. door policy. Yeah, the open the door policy. The fact that you did an upper decker, right. I would never do an upper decker. I just, I just love the fact that George. That's how George makes love. Vomits and does the caterpillar. No, I don't do that. That's the top of his lungs. That's all idiot Gordon. Doing the, doing the worm. And the worm. <laughs> It feels so that. good, baby. That was the worst part of our show today. Well, boy, you've got some serious data on your side of the ledger, pal. Me? Yeah, you. I don't see why you think this stuff is weird. <laughs> so you you rather sit there with your pants around your ankles. 
and sit there and, and yeah, and do yeah, thing. yeah. I would. What's the difference? You still I would, naked and I'm, from and the I'm also knees not up. sitting there with any open door either. It's like when a plane dropped its ordinance. It doesn't have to land and then drop it. It just opens the bomb bay doors, drops it, and keeps going. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> we call them bombing runs. But okay. But what I'm saying is, you pull your pants down to do that. They're yes. they're at your ankles. What's the difference if you kick them off your ankles? You're still butt naked. Yeah, but from taking the off the shirt. Okay. I don't want my shirt smelling like boo-boo. <laughs> so you want to leave it out that? in the other room and then yeah. you have to walk out there? You can always issue the courtesy flush. And you can I don't all, understand that. You can always... Well, I pay the water bill, Mike, and I'm poor. So every time you flush, that's about 13 cents worth of water that I can't afford. And we're in a drought. Right. And I'm worried and about I'm, our water And supply. I'm saving water by not doing a courtesy flush. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Since I I, smel- I dealt it, I can smelt it. And I can I can take it. So I'll just sit you there. You just don't want boo-boo molecules in your shirt. Yeah, I don't want to. Do you take a shower after you're finished? No, I wipe up pretty well. All right, that's I have the, uh, okay. I'm out. I have the, the, the baby wipes. <sighs> Aren't those We're awesome? We're going to do Why Today Does Suck. We still, awesome. still yeah. got to get in one more you song. You are fresh after You'll that. do one more song? All right. Yeah, the one we, we talked about. eat a meal okay, back right. there after that. Let's right. do that, and then Why Today Doesn't Suck. All right.